Hi, I'm Patricia Cornwell, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show with the wonderful Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. From the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show, the Internet's first live comedy variety show, with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. No, there's actually a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay, no, no, no. We're going to take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. <laughs> Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through the dinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the Get out of my office. It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric. Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to the live cast of The Dinner Party Show for Sunday, September 28th, 2014. And tonight, we will not be talking about the fact that Kim Kardashian was nearly wrestled to the ground by a Fashion Week crowd member in Paris. Go crowd member. While some in the media are trumpeting the paparazzi's restraining of the crowd member in question as a moment of uncharacteristic altruism on their part. Let's be clear about something here. Uh-huh. The paparazzi were simply protecting their investment. <laughs> as we all know, the Kardashians are as talentless as they are relentlessly available to the press. And in this day and age, that means cash, which is why we're not talking about them tonight or ever on the dinner party show. Eric? Cash! <laughs> Also, we will not be talking about whether or not the president did or did not salute with a paper cup in his hand. Instead, we'll take a stroll down memory lane and recall when the Dixie Chicks were denounced as traitors for not giving full-throated support to President Bush's ill-advised, unjustified, and catastrophic decision to destabilize the entire Middle East region region, (laughs) and reason by invading Iraq and personally inspiring the founders of ISIS to start their little club. Remember that? We do. So, if you want to talk about respect for the people who defend this country, let's start with who caused this problem in the first place rather than harassing the poor guy who has spent the last five years and counting running to try and stay ahead of the cleanup operation and who has so little time he has to drink his coffee out of a fucking paper cup. That's what we'll be talking about. George W. Bush, Dick Cheney, and their little cabal, the true founders of ISIS. Also not being discussed on tonight's show, any pandering, deranged bullshit conservative politicians said in front of a microphone at the Values Voter Summit in Washington, D.C. God, those people. The only purpose of this annual swimsuit walk of crazy pants is to make clear how hard some intelligent politicians inside the Republican Party are willing to grab their anchor so they can take a doggy style from the willfully ignorant base to which they've lassoed their political futures. How do you talk? We realize it might have seemed like a good idea to dismantle public education so you can create successive generations of constituents who will vote against their own financial interests while clinging
clinging to primitive and homicidal interpretations of world religions that distract them from, you know, reality. Oh, that again. But when you end up forced to deny that there's a climate or evolution, (laughs) we hope it leads to at least a small amount of pause before your next ridiculous attempt to convince white people their real problems are caused by black people they've never met. Girl. (laughs) We will not lower ourselves to speak of religious terrorist Father Samuel Spearling of St. Leo the Great Catholic Church in Lewiston, Montana, and his religious extremist bishop, Michael Warfel, who are apparently opposed to the institution of marriage, religious freedom, and the U.S. Constitution, and who told a married couple in their congregation that they could not take communion or even sing in the choir if they did not separate and divorce after 30 years together. Apparently, these two dangerous Catholic extremists do not support the U.S. Supreme Court or their own pope, as the couple in question happen to be two men who, for some reason, these anti-American terrorist cell members seem to be intent on persecuting. All we have to say to Father Hateful and Bishop Antichrist is, Heads up, kids! The U.S. apparently has an explosive new policy for dealing with terrorists who hide their bigotry and persecution of others in the skirts of Mother Church. Hope St. Leo's has a basement. Indeed. (laughs) We will also not be seriously discussing the fact that the New York Post trashed Chelsea Clinton's baby with a cover that screamed, Quote, another liberal crybaby for the Clintons, end quote. We will also not be seriously discussing the weekly world news headline that Saturn is a giant UFO. It's not. Or rabid beavers kill over 70 in Philadelphia. It was more like 90. Exactly. Because we don't care if a lot of New Yorkers read you on the subway while pretending that the Times is their paper of choice. (laughs) A trash tabloid is still a trash tabloid. And honestly, this crap is preferable to the cover you all ran that identified two completely innocent people as suspects in the Boston Marathon bombings. Rupert would be so proud. Where's Wendy when you need her? Come back, Wendy. (laughs) Finally, we don't want to discuss the upcoming midterm elections. We don't feel like we really need to. The issues are not that complicated. And despite the fact that there's not some big, fat, sexy presidential race to be decided, the stakes are still plenty high. So... Unless you want the country to be run by people who don't think that women should be allowed to vote, drive a car, or make decisions about their own bodies. Well, wait. Who think that equal rights and health care are not for everyone. Okay. And who believe shutting down the government and defaulting on our debts is a good way to manage the business of the country and that actually doing their jobs and passing laws and making policy is not... Vote. For God's sake, vote. Go to the polls now and get online. Take the day off. Get an absentee ballot. Or do whatever you have to do. Please, dear God, don't let them take over the Senate unless, of course, you want the science, evolution, climate change, and economic reality deniers to win. In which case, we have just one thing to say to you. You have accidentally tuned into the dinner party show, and uh, while you're welcome here, consider yourself warned. As for everything else, it's still on the table on tonight's live cast of the dinner party show. You're listening to the dinner party show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And tonight is another special edition of You're the Guest. It's all about you, babe. Which is why we had to smear and slander everyone we disagree with during the Not Report, because from here on out, we're talking about what the party people want us to talk about. Which and is not probably what we smearing want to talk about. you and me. It was probably, <laughs> actually, if some of the voicemails... They're coming for us, babe. Break out the pitchforks! If some of the voicemails are... are, are if we're actually going to use these voicemails that we got over our party line... Can't wait. Which is all always open at 323-PEZ-TDPS, by the way. Call me now. But we are going to start, and we put this request out earlier this week, we're going to enlist the aid of our party people in solving a murder mystery. That's right. Absolutely. You brought this to my attention earlier this week, so why don't you take it away? I wish I could make that. We should have gotten that noise from Law and Order. 
I'll tell you what. We'll give signed books to the party person who can most recreate the Law & Order jail door sound on our party line. So dun, call dun, in. Dun, 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 dun. But it won't be played tonight because you have to call in advance because just take my word We've for it. We've had cutbacks here it's at the dinner party It's way too complicated. No, it takes us a long time to find, remember the password and stuff, <laughs> We so. don't know whose job it is to go check the voicemail right. line. And somebody has to remember that. Oh, that light's flashing. I wondered what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was my grinder. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was my Aunt Hilda using Grinder. Have you all heard about this Grinder? That Aunt Hilda. <laughs> all right, let's talk about Chuck the Groundhog. What a cut up. Chuck the Groundhog was partici- an innocent <laughs> participant. Wait, 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 let's, dun, dun. let's define participating. I don't think Chuck the Groundhog woke up and said, Boy, I hope the mayor picks me up today and takes me to a ceremony. They call it Groundhog Day. And I don't remember groundhogs asking for us to continue it. Well, I think it's all about groundhogs. Okay, well, it's the only reason. And anybody pays attention to groundhogs. I'm well, going to okay, let you actually star? set this up now. <laughs> he was starring in the Staten Island Zoo's Groundhog Day festivities when Mayor de Blasio, wearing a pair of uh, yellow gloves, le- yellow suede welder's gloves, uh, because my <laughs> because <laughs> a previous Chuck had actually bitten Mayor Bloomberg. <laughs> Another sign that the groundhogs are not on board with this. Not really. Apparently on board with this. So desperately, uh, there was a struggle. A struggle ensued during the the festivities, and Chuck got away from the mayor, but the mayor is like 11 and a half feet tall, and so it was a precipitous fall to the ground. There was a crash, and then several days later— He was okay for days. He was fine for days. He appeared at other appearances. That's my favorite part. He was observed acting strangely at other events and activities. I was like, wow, he must have been off his game at the Groundhog soccer match the next day. He couldn't see his shadow at all. (laughs) He was like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) de Blasio (laughs) fucked me up. So fucked up. So anyway, so then he died. Okay. So then there was a great investigation, and there were a lot of different— Anyway, we posted the—there was a— an article in the New York Times it's about the It's an unfolding death, murder mystery. Right? It it's is. an unfolding murder mystery. And we do have some, we are going to offer our theories at the end of tonight's show, but we do have some people who already weighed in. Sharon Haas says the groundhog wanted to escape to a tropical climate, so he jumped from de Blasio's arms. Very sensible. And now his, in spirit, he is on a tropical island. Hello, value cool jets. Uh, I think this is the most interesting one. Josh Bisher, well, who would benefit most from his death? If the groundhog doesn't emerge or retreat back into his hole, six more brutal weeks of winter will occur. The oil industry. No, knitters. Their hideous garb is packed away in boxes and burning barrels as soon as the temperature begins to rise. It's them. It has to be them. Right, and they're always armed. Those needles are frightening. I know, right? Don't fuck with a knitter, y'all. Very scary. So there are a number of other theories that we will um, be reviewing that people... But feel free to post them. Shay will bring them immediately to our attention in a series of... um, Newsroom style <laughs> extra briefs. Otherwise known as text messages. This just in. On our iPads. So we had a lovely welcome back message from two of our most loyal party people that we couldn't play a few weeks ago. So we're going to play it now. This is Buffy Peterson and Samiko Salson got together over the summer during our break and have a, a special message for us. Um, hi, this is Samiko Salt, and um here in Reno with um, Buffy Peterson. Hi! <laughs> she should talk more than that. Why are you saying the gargle? Are you trying to say my breast thing? What's up with that, dude? We just wanted to say hi. We got together this weekend. Went out um, bookstore hunting to do uh, uh, some signings for Samiko's new book coming out. You guys should buy it. And um, It's called Happiness and Other Diseases, which is an awesome title. And you guys would love it, and you'll pump it on a dinner party show, because we talked about you all week long. Happy Christopher. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and Eric, thanks for, um, like, sending me a message to ask if I was okay after the earthquake. That was really thoughtful. Um, I live, like, 20 miles away from the epicenter, so it was pretty cool for me, because I slept through it. But, cool. Um, really? I, I thought that I was really touched that you did actually ask me that, so thank Just you. Glad you're okay. So there's Miko. <laughs> so there you go, boys. Hope uh, everything is well, and we will hear you guys on the 14th. Bye. Love you guys. Love you too. And the new book from Samiko Salson is called Happiness and Other Diseases. Right? <laughs> Which is a great title. She's I'm a, right. A happiness outbreak. <laughs> I'm having oh, an outbreak of oh, happiness. Oh, oh. 
And Samiko Salson is here to write all about it. Now, listen, ladies, I, I'm going to go and out I'm on really a limb. I'm really glad you're okay, Samiko. Like, <laughs> there was a sincere, like, that was quite a little shaker you guys got. It was quite an earthquake. Yeah. It was quite an earthquake. I want to say it is nice that you all talked about us all weekend, but if you just talked about us to one another, that's not really promoting the show. We need you to sort of go into the grocery store and just walk up to people like Jehovah's Witnesses do and be like, have you heard of Christopher but, Rice and Eric Sharp? But Sharko don't walk and- up to Jehovah's <laughs> Witnesses because I don't think they'd like us that's very a, much. That's a fucking match made in hell. I, maybe. I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe we were a big hit in the Jehovah's Witnesses. Do we have any Jehovah's Witnesses listening out there? If you do, Can I get a Jehovah's Witness? Say amen, somebody. Say amen. Can I get a Whatever. Jehovah's Witness? <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Ampersand is a Jehovah's uh, Witness. We have a question about you and Jordan later in the show. Oh, really? In the meantime, the sultry-voiced, the lovely Amy Bellino, as I like to call her, because she lives in Miami Beach, even though I don't think she's Latina at all. South Beach. I don't know, Bellino. I don't know. Maybe. All right. Amy is here with a question on our party line. Hi, this is Amy Bellino from South Beach, and I'm taking a break from writing today so that I can ask Christopher a few questions. Knowing you read novels written in the genre that you will be writing in, like mystery suspense or supernatural thriller, I'm curious what erotic romance novels that you researched for your novel, The Flame. (laughs) What type of passages did you highlight or find inspiring? And will you continue to write in the erotic romance genre in the future? Thank you. Girl, I'm never leaving the erotic romance genre after what I've read. Oh, yeah. That's what we're calling it Well, you know, when you have a Kindle or you have a Kindle app, and maybe the other iBooks has this too, I don't know, you can see popular highlights if they're turned on. So you can see, like, I read Fifty Shades of Grey with popular highlights turned on. 400,000 people highlighted this line. The entire book was highlighted. So Shea Butters uh, was prepped for this, and I gave him some social media postings to share information about these books with you because I listened to Amy's question today. Um, the the novella that I'm publishing in November, The Flame, is called Menage. And what that means, while Menage could be an unlimited number of people, if you go with the literal definition, uh, it's a two men Ooh, and a woman. Messy. It's, it be, <laughs> it's convention erotica. It's wow. pa- pass her around on the lunch table. Um, and that went to a really dark place. Lands I feel like that's really your... fast. Anyway, the uh, the best Menage novel that I have read is called "Melt Into You" by Ronnie Lauren. And didn't uh, the Gen Blossoms do a song entitled? They sh- I think they should. A lot of them are named after songs. Uh-huh. Yeah, a lot of them. So "Melt Into You," I think probably the best scene is when the two men who have also been with each other at this point, because one man is is more fluid than the other, and the other man just wants to make the other man happy, fluid. so it all works. That's what we're calling it now. So they, in order to prove their love to the uh, heroine, dress up as police officers and pull her over. <laughs> And they're not police officers at all. That would really, and I, they, that would prove it to me. Yeah, this or would prove work something for you. To me. I would totally, yeah, that sounds like, I'm, I'm with her. That yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, and then I would say on the straight romance front, I was, I'm friends with and was given a lot of editorial feedback on The Flame by Lexi Blake, whose book, A View to a Thrill, actually includes a teaser for The Flame, and that is currently available in the main slider at thedinnerpartyshow.com. Okay, two more examples. <laughs> the main slider. The main slider is actually my next erotic romance. <laughs> That's it's what about she said. two high strung gay radio hosts <laughs> trying to work WordPress. <laughs> there is a series of it's a serial called Dark Soul by Alexander Voinov. And it is very it's it's moving out of romance into erotica and thriller, but oh my, I could not get enough of it. And then I think probably the best romance novel that I've ever read is called uh, when All the World Sleeps, and it's by Lisa Henry and J.A. Rock. And Shea Butters will post information about all of those books on our Facebook page right now. Eric, do you have anything to say about the fact that I didn't let you speak during that little segment? You're going to drown me out if I say anything, right? Yeah, I am. He's but... immediately, he grabs the, the little clicker that turns on the sound effects and asks me if I have anything to say. The little clicker, Uncle Eric, is called a mouse and it's attached to the computer. <laughs> but I will tell you that I grabbed the clicker because the next question is about you. Let go of the mouse, let go of the mouse, I'm trying to start the show! <laughs> hey boys, it's uh, Mike from Chicago. Hi Mike! Just thought I'd ask, after listening to the summer reruns, 
Christopher, have you ever considered doing an interview with Eric to find out just why he's so unnaturally attracted to Jordan Ampersand? <gasps> I mean, it's perfectly obvious to the rest of us, but yes. I don't think he has a clue yet. Oh, no, it's completely that. I'm totally in the dark on that one. I, totally I'm with dark. you, Mike. I, I c- clearly have no concept of that. That would be some bumping whale that eyes. That would really be. <laughs> I mean, that would be the ugly. And I've been on some ugly dates. i got to tell you. <laughs> that would be, I've considered yeah. writing a book about about Ugly all of the dates. horrible dates that I've been, and I don't mean that they've been unattracted people. I just mean moments where you just go, "What the hell am I doing here?" Say or, that thing you said to me once about being on a date. Do you remember what it was? I don't remember. What did I say? Do I? Am I really going to have to finish this whole <laughs> cup of coffee? <laughs> Well, it was great to meet you. Gotta go. Great to meet you. I like Scrabble, too. See you later. Maybe I'll see you at a Scrabble club. Dates where you considered a triumph because he didn't leave with a steak knife sticking out of his forehead. Well, that's just a conversation with you, Eric Shaw Quinn. I swear to God. I lived through another talk with Eric about something. other people. Yeah, it is really like I, yeah, I, mm, so Mm -hmm. yeah, Jordan. Wow. I would be interested in what clues that you should call back, Mike, and tell us what clues you found that convince you of this elusive uh, Elusive and intriguing attraction that you have... uh, Divine between voice, me and little Jordan. His voice makes your nipples hard. You oh gotta admit it. Oh my God! It shatters my eardrum. Which can also make your nipples hard. If you're, it's a statistic. If your eardrum shatters, the nerves connected. The nerves are connected. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this coming from my deaf friend. <laughs> I'm not deaf. <laughs> I'm not deaf. I'm Christmas not deaf. gators. I would also point out, and I want to share this with everybody at home, if you're listening at home, if you haven't run out of your home to get away from us <laughs> on your computer, the um, we're doing this whole show with a box of uneaten donuts in the far corner. I went to a little store, which does not give promotional consideration to the dinner party show, called Kettle Glazed. I didn't tell anyone in our booth that they were here, and they're now craning their necks to see. Right. They're coming so, in here. I'm going to go lock the door. Party people, if you need any proof that I love you, it's I'm it's that I am not face down in that box of donuts currently, but instead I'm doing the show here with you and Eric Shaw. That's Quinn. attractive. Isn't it? Isn't it attractive? Speaking of donuts, we have a word from one of our sponsors. Excellent. Hey, honey, how about for dessert we spin by that old donut place on the way home? Not if you want something else later, mister. Those donuts give you the breath of it. Dog. Ah, criminy. Tired of desserts that put a damper on your love life? Tired of delicious, creamy filling that makes your breath smell like sour milk? Heck. Well, the folks at Happy Cream Donuts have a solution for you. Our research and development team has spent years formulating a lip-smacking treat that will actually enhance the smell and taste of your bodily fluids for a full 48 hours after consumption. Oh, my, my, my. That's right. All your bodily fluids. I need some more of this. Happy Cream Donuts. Take a spin through our drive-thru and you're sure to end up in bed. We're the only donut chain in America that doesn't force you to pick between having your cake and getting it eaten later that night. Now with the location every two square miles between Miami and El Paso, Happy Cream Donuts is headed your way. When our hot light is on, you're about to get turned on. Have some more of those chocolate cream filled, tiger. Whatever you say, dear. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And I believe we have our first party line message from an alien. Well, it was only a matter of time. It really was. I mean, anybody can use Google Voice or whatever the fuck we use. Let's see what this is about. I think this is an alien. <laughs> Hence our bafflement at trying to retrieve these messages <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. You know really. what? It let's let's hear from this is I'm checking the notes here. Azarius Starsong. I am Azarius Starsong, bearing emanations of love and light from the galactic council of Rainbow and Bude Elders. We at the council have been monitoring the transmission from the dinner party show with great interest. Eric Shaw Quinn, the council commends you for your wit, great hair, 
and your dynamic tourmaline lavender aura oh. keep up the cosmic work. Thank Mr. Rice. The council has noticed of late that your aura is a bit pale and flaccid. What? What the fuck? We have a mantra of cleansing power for you. Fiber. Fiber, dear one. Fiber? The council, although concerned about the slightly anti-vegetable tone of your latest novel, The Vines, is certain it will be a great success. <laughs> we recommend, though, you consider expanding your marketing efforts to a vast untapped audience, our dolphin brothers and sisters. Although they do have challenges with print editions, they thoroughly enjoy the audiobook editions. Until our next convergence, we bid you love and light. Love and light, dear ones. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Indeed. That wow. was excellent. That, that was, was very cool. And my Yeah, art, because you have a great aura. I'm pale and flaccid. Lavender, and yours needs fewer donuts. You and... know, you asked me to go get those fucking donuts, and so don't you give attitude to me about donuts. I am your because connection you have been with donuts. talking about them for months. Listen, they're amazing. They're amazing. They really are, yeah. Th- this is the place in L.A. that stole the cronut recipe, and if you go in and say, um, do you guys have any cronuts? They're like, we have some croissant-based donuts treats you know you can see them like reading the lawyer's letter in their mind as they're talking the cease to and desist order yeah but they are fucking good and i'm gonna have them before those monsters who work for our show get in here at the end of the show look here they are again they're like faces are pressed to the they're glass looking, yeah, they're peering around their computer screens it's only a matter of time i'm locking that door so i'm anti-vegetable apparently what i am now not just a liberal crybaby but an anti-vegetable horror novelist yeah, who knew that they were like they can't be are they big dipper party? <laughs> <laughs> or the Orion party? Right? I don't know. Oh. The Pleiades party. I'm being told that our party people are losing their minds over donuts and I'm starting to think that a perk of the show should be that we set this is a terrible idea. I'm going to stop before I commit myself to it on the air. Oh, that's really like we a first. <laughs> Congratulations, Christopher. You stopped yourself before you committed to it on the air. <laughs> We're going to send everybody four signed books a week, which I'm going to forget to mail. They're sitting in our corner. Okay, let's go back to our party line before Eric points out something uncomfortably accurate about my behavior on the dinner party show again. It, the truth really hurts. Hello, Eric and Christopher. Hello. This is Duncan listening in from Orange County. Mm-hmm. For this episode of You're the Guest, I thought I would issue a challenge to Mr. Eric Shaw Quinn. Eric, I challenge you to keep a tally of how many times Christopher uses the word absolutely during the podcast and at the end giving us a grand tally. Anyway, wish you both the best. Love the show. Thanks. Well, Duncan, I have to say that while I think that's a brilliant challenge, I think I'm going to challenge you to do it because if I was keeping track of what, how many times Christopher said absolutely, I wouldn't be able to actually do the show. Okay, subtext here is that Eric and I are the worst math people on the planet. Okay, so well, he's, there's he's, that. Asking him to count while also asking him to hold forth right. on his opinions is and not going to happen. That, I can't do both at the same time. It's and like also, the chewing gum and walking at the same I can't. If you say numbers to me, I just start seven, hearing a buzzing. Seven, yeah. 13, stop it, stop 40, it, stop 40. it, stop it, stop it. That's, that's really... why you didn't like Lost, because it was all about those weird oh numbers, right? That Yeah, that's why I didn't like Lost. <laughs> right. That was it. <laughs> All right. Um, listen, but it's a great idea, and I, not a great idea. And while we're on the while we're on the topic, Duncan, I believe that this is the Duncan that I was talking to on Facebook earlier. I had an issue last night. I love the show Intruders on BBC America, and last night because I'm a Time Warner cable subscriber. I didn't get to see it. I think it was you, Duncan, who didn't get to see it either. I didn't get to see reason. it either. Christopher didn't get to see it either. And so I tweeted about it because I was so anguished about missing um, Your favorite intruders. show. And I actually heard from Time Warner Cable. And the Time Warner Cable help people said it would really help them if you would tweet about it or post on Facebook using um TWC underscore help or just at TWC 
on uh, on Twitter or hell call them. But they need more people to file reports. So if you're unable to get BBC America on your Time Warner account, they need your help to convince the people from engineering that there's actually a problem, that it's not just me again. Yeah, like what do they have an Eric Shaw Quinn file? Or I have. Probably. I guess if they don't reach a certain number of complaints, they assume it's a localized issue that they can't deal with. It is Time Warner really one of the worst run companies on the planet. We were having are. something done here at the office because they're also one of our um, suppliers in uploading the show, and. They missed their appointment time, I'm going to say four times over the course of the day. And at one point, I called the salesperson who'd originally sold us the upgrade, and they conferenced in the repair people. Mm -hmm. And this ration of shit that the repair people gave their own salesperson, like, what is your standing to be calling us here today? It was like... Really? What is this crap? Like I it, it is really the company is an enormous mess. I actually am rooting for the merger. It can't be any worse than it already is. But the point is if you can't get if you have Time Warner Cable and you can't get um, BBC America. BBC America. And you missed Intruders last night, which I didn't know. I'm still very upset about. It. Anyway, tweet at them yes. because it will help them. They will. They actually will appreciate hearing from you. Or failing that, call Time Warner and tell them that you can't get that channel because they need to know it's system wide. It's not just me being the you know bitch that we all know I am. Well, uh, you tweet like once every six months, so I, I don't think they should they should be too sensitive to your Twitter account. But no, also, I usually call them at home. Let's add this in: is that we love the show Intruders oh and we God, highly so recommend much. it, and we I loved it on Twitter, and they are sending us Intruders T-shirts. Ah. <gasps> oh. To thank us for our I'm support. I'm so happy. And Intruders and BBC America followed me on, yeah. on Twitter. I, I don't know if that's just some social media guy who lives down the street or if that's actually some big corporate honcho or something. But whatever. I really appreciated it. Excellent. All right. Let's go back to our party line and see if Sharon Haas has anything to say about Time Warner Cable. Hey, Christopher and Eric. Hi, Sharon. If you, if you were the uh, like ruler of a world oh, or country... Oh. What laws would you make? And this is Sharon. How much time do we have? We're going to put Eric Shaw Quinn in charge of a fucking country? Oh, my God. Oh, okay. All right. I'll just let you run with this one. What would you do? Oh, I, let's start really, with the bicyclist. This is a really long answer to the this question. This could be a whole fucking show. Yeah. No, I, you know, like, the. I guess I would look at it in a big picture sort of way. The thing that I find the most baffling about the world is how mean we are to each other. Like the, the, the fact that for everybody to have health care is actually an issue. That's really weird to me mm-hmm. that, that that's even an argument. Like, why wouldn't we want people to have health care? So I guess that in general, I would try and make laws that were more about being nicer to people and less concerned with. I don't know, the health and well-being of giant corporations or zillionaires or, mm-hmm. you know, people that don't really – people or things that don't really need the protection of the government. So I, I, I think I'd, I'd try and make laws that were more about – I don't know. That's sort of a a quick answer to a giant question. I could probably write a whole 12-volume set on answer to that question. You have an interesting relationship to libertarianism in a lot of your beliefs. You have some libertarianism that will pop up here and there as sort of everybody should mind each other's business. What do you what do you feel about it, though, as a philosophy? Because I'm always taken with this attitude, which I don't believe, or I flirt with it, but I don't ultimately believe it, that if you just... Leave everybody alone. They'll revert to their best selves. Oh, for God's sake. I see, I hear that and I think the purge, right? Like, <laughs> that's what's going to fucking happen. But what do you what do you think? Is there a law that can make people be nice to each well, other? Honestly, I don't think that that's um, necessarily um, the case. I, I think that libertarianism, like all forms of government, is great as a theory, but in practice, governing has to happen in a pragmatic sort of way. There isn't one sort of solution for everything. I think a little bit of democracy, a little bit of libertarianism, a little bit of socialism, you know, mm-hmm. like a, a collection of some uh, some benevolent dictatorship, a good monarch, you know, like there are, there are a variety of things that are beneficial in terms of putting together a government because otherwise you wind up with these sort of absolute policies that are more about the policy or the theory than they are about the people. Right. So I guess the thing that I'm saying is that government really, you know, you always hear that thing, well, you know, we we have to do that on a case-by-case basis. Well, you should. 
Like mm-hmm. that's how th- everything should be done yeah, is, is on a case by case basis. We shouldn't be making broad generalizations at the expense of whole groups of people because it, it's inconvenient to have to do more work. Like yeah. what other what else did you have planned until you die? Indeed. I would get the money out of politics. Oh, my God, yes. The reason we have the intelligent Republican politicians that we may not disagree, may not agree with, excuse me, but who are actually reasonable, intelligent, well-educated men saying insanely stupid things about the climate is because of big oil, is because of the money that big oil has invested into politics. Right, and the reason that there's a fight about health care is because of, you know, I'm sure lobbying groups from the insurance yes, and health care industries. Absolutely. Like, and, and while... I certainly think that all of those people are employers of people and, you know, I want to be respectful of their right to do business. Like, that's not where I think that the first thrust of government ought to be. Like, I I don't care if the the oil companies go away tomorrow. Like, there was a point at which all the buggy manufacturers disappeared in the country and— you know, I think things are better for it. Indeed. Be a All lot right. Of horseshit on the street if they hadn't. We have another question, and this is for Eric Shaw Quinn. We're oh. going to round out this segment. This is from Jesse Colton. Hi, guys. It's Jesse Colton Hi, calling Jessie. again from South Carolina. I'm so glad that you guys are back after the break. I wanted to know, uh, Eric, do you have any info on when uh, Ghost Story is going to be coming out? Do you have a publication date? Is it going to be? Digital only? Is it going to be physical? What are the details there? I am so excited. Uh, What a great thing to ask. I actually just heard from my editor. I should have the final line edits back from him on the 20th of next month. So I should have something in shape to be take to market probably pretty shortly thereafter, early November. Um, And then where it goes from there, I think, is going to depend on how things shake out. I want to look at publishing options. We may bring it out through the dinner party show, or we may, I may do it entirely myself, or I may find somebody to partner with. I will keep you guys posted, but we are incredibly close. I would say at the very least, there is no chance you won't be able to read it on the beach next summer. And I'm hoping considerably sooner than that, we can, uh, we can have the first installment because I'm already, I'm already working on outlining the next, uh, in the series down low, um, uh, for my two principal characters and for my new murder mystery series. Mm-hmm. So it's there's lots of news there. There'll be a lot more um, upcoming. But yeah, I, I thank you we for We already talked that. about what we want the cover to be. Oh, so yeah. we're already acting like the, it's going to be a TDPS book. I can't wait. All right. We're going to take a short break here on The Dinner Party Show. We've got another word from one of our sponsors and a little musical interlude. And then we'll be back here with you, our guests, because tonight you are our guests. All about you, babe. Tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. Met her at the beginning of every cop show. Oh my god, I can't believe this is happening to us! Who would want to shoot my husband in broad daylight? She can barely hold it together because she's just lost the person she loves the most. But still, she answers every question from the cops as best she can. But this fall, the tables are about to turn. She's the Wailing Wife. And it's her turn to ask the question. I don't need to talk to no cops about no drive-by. My name is Baby Spider, and everyone afraid of me. Oh, my God! Why won't you just answer our questions? Can't you see we're just trying to do our jobs? We work 12-hour shifts without a break. Detective Nelson is super time from his job. He hasn't seen his kids in years. Why are you being so mean? Oh, God, lady, Jesus. Okay, just stop crying. God, you're crazy! When you're out of threats, tactics, and intimidation, nothing can advance the search for truth like a completely hysterical woman. She's law enforcement's new and not-so-secret weapon. She's 
The Wailing Wife. You can keep asking me as many questions as you'd like, but I'm sure when my very expensive lawyer arrives, we'll all have to decide whether or not a jury will take the word of an upstanding banker like myself over the claims of a crack addicted prostitute. That is so unfair! Why would you think people would believe you just because you're rich? What are you saying? He's saying that just because the woman was a prostitute, you were the right to beat her up. What is the matter with people today? Why is the world like this? No, I, I didn't mean it like that. Jesus, why is she so upset? Because you're a complete jerk. That's why. <laughs> some detectives speak truth to power, and some just use their fists. Now it's time for a detective who uses a classic manipulative emotional ploy that can trigger a primal feeling of inadequacy in almost every man on earth. She's the Wailing Wife. This fall on TDPS. Why? Isn't that thing about cops and donuts actually true? I thought we were going to be eating more donuts. <laughs> You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish. Welcome back to your old gay uncle's radio hour. <laughs> with a Cole Porter piece of music that sounds like right? it should be that playing on a record player in a haunted mansion that was full of dolls. Mist- which is actually where we do this show. <laughs> we do. From a haunted mansion filled with dolls We're in Hollywood Hills. We're dressed up in big pink tuxedos in a vast empty ruined room. Right? It's like the Mrs. Haversham show. But that didn't test well. So we went with the dinner party show instead. <laughs> Plus, I got I got an allergy with all the cobwebs. So an old gay runkle, old gay runkle, runkles. It's like old, cankles. I have runkles. donut mouth. Old gay uncle radio hour didn't test well either. Um, Except among old gay uncles who were crazy about it. Visual I just threw out of us doing a radio show in an abandoned haunted house is very Brian Fuller, which leads me to my next question for you. Brian Fuller posted on your Facebook page because right? he liked you more. Oh, that... well, God, I hope so. That would be very flattering. <laughs> Friend of the show. Okay, we have to start, Brian, if you're listening. Uh, I appreciate that. that maybe that the... You, Where you are you tra- going with He this? was trying for an exception on the number of appearances rule. Oh, no. But no, it, no, no. Darling, yeah. that, that sounds like a call-in. So I, I think that it, it still counts. What, he wants to call in from Toronto so he can move ahead? <laughs> no, that's not allowed. He can't do that. No, no. It was Anyway, so I think that was an exception. But the question that he asked was about... Was Is he a Zaria Star song? Is Brian Fuller our alien? That's like the best thing to happen to the Dinner Party know. show since I was I Anne Rice's no son. I hadn't thought that really was probably the best thing to happen to the show. Okay, um, Eric, just we have other messages from the party people, and we need to follow up with you. Oh on my some god! Of your if TV you would stuff. ever just be quiet and let me talk, <laughs> oh my god! Nobody ever lets me talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. No, no. Brian asked if we had any follow up on um, TV on the on the TV. Yes. Um, and I have to say, my my big notes. I don't know what yours are, but my big notes for the week are that I was re- I've been very pleasantly surprised by a show called Forever with um, Ian Griffith, which I may be pronouncing that wrong, but it's spelled so oddly. It's spelled Welshly, so. I may be getting his name wrong, but he's this beautiful, skinny mm-hmm, British guy mm-hmm. who actually described himself as a pasty, skinny British and guy. that's on, your thing. Yeah, it totally works for me. So I was already a little into it, but the show is really sort of fun. It's actually, I think, a marriage between um, a Nicholas Custer Waldau show that didn't work out called New Amsterdam, which mm-hmm. I quite liked, and Pushing Daisies, of mm. all things, because he keeps dying and coming back to life, and that's kind of how he solves the murders that he's investigating as the... So it, it has that sort of um, tone to it. But the biggest surprise of the week was the Deborah Messing show, Mysteries of Lara. Okay. Apparently somebody... Um, was able to tell Deborah to, um, I think, to act her age, but to right. stop whining. And she has been transformed into this sort of 40s comedy 
Maven. She's, you know, smart ass and wisecracking and under her breath. And it's so much more interesting. It's way more fun than I expected it to be and was the biggest surprise so far of the season for me. I think Gotham may be going to make it. Mm. Um, we'll see. I'm still on the fence, but they, it was pretty good. The opening was pretty good, which isn't. It wasn't perfect, but it was pretty good. But those were my two biggest surprises of the of the week were Forever and The Mysteries of Lara, which apparently was also a rating success for NBC. So Well, that's good. God knows they are looking for one. So congratulations to them and congratulations to Deborah and to Greg Berlanti for I think being the one to tell her to you know, ixnay with the ironing way. Ironing way. Yeah, that was the <laughs> mysteries of ironing way. <laughs> I'm a mother and a cop. I didn't realize that that's what's been driving me insane with her for so long, but she stopped whining and started it's, acting like it's, a, Eric, an intelligent. It's very know. hard to figure out what is actually driving you insane. It really is. It's it a takes lot a of lot of talk, and that's why we come here an hour every Sunday. Are, are there I, just I, the, hornets in my brain. We have a lot of. Uh, I'm not going to talk about TV because you pretty well covered it, and I have to say the two shows that I like so far, I don't believe they're going to sustain. Which are how to get away with murder, uh, uh, which I will commend for having the first gay rimming scene I'm on network you, television. That was hot. That um, was a hot show. I'm with that. And Blackish. I really like the Blackish pilot, right? but I'm worried about how it's going to continue. But Tracy was so she was amazing. Brilliant. If it's all from the father's perspective, I think it's gonna crash and burn. But if they trade off perspectives, yeah. oh Lawrence Fishburne was wonderful. They were all wonderful. Those little kids. Excellent. Yeah, really brilliant show. All right, we're gonna go back to our party line for a message from Mike from North Carolina. Hey, Eric. Hey, Christopher. Um, this is Mike calling from uh, Durham, North Carolina. Um, I thought I would propose an interesting situation, which might turn out to be fun. So you're throwing a dinner party, and you have to play matchmaker. So you need to choose two people, artists, writers, authors, I don't know, famous people, whatever. Anyway, one of them has to be a dead person that you really, really like. And the other person has to be a living person that you absolutely hate, cannot stand, and you would probably be tempted to punch them in the face. <laughs> Who would be your favorite dead person and your most awful living person that you would match up and invite to the dinner party, and why? All right, cheers. Bye. <laughs> why would I invite somebody who I hate to a dinner party, let alone a dead person? <laughs> <laughs> Don't I love that question. That's a great question. It, who yeah. do you hate and who do you like who's dead? And why would you have them over to your house? Um, Basically plan the worst, most horrifying <laughs> dinner party ever. <laughs> A worse dinner party than the dinner party show, Let's where we see. don't give you food and we eat our own donuts the whole I'd time. Who like to ask questions of who's long gone? I'd love to meet Alexander, uh, Alexander the Great. I would love... Uh, I'd love to meet Shakespeare. Um... And find out, you know, if he was for reals or if this he was is, just This is really one of those fronting. trick questions. Did, did you ever see Who that I moment? I hate that who, I would invite to my house. Who's responsible for the New Deal? Is it Franklin Roosevelt? Franklin I Roosevelt. I haven't gotten to that episode of the Roosevelt's yet. Oh, yeah. That's so really, I'd a, love to talk to this him. Is, I'm just going to tell you. this is There's a moment with Al Franken and Ann Coulter when they were on stage together debating each other. And mm -hmm. they asked them both. They said, if you could go back in time and be any one person, who would you be? And Ann Coulter said, well, I would go back in time and be Franklin Roosevelt so I could not do the New Deal. And it was like a pause. And then Al Franken said, well, I'd go back in time and be Hitler so I could not do the Holocaust. <laughs> <laughs> like who you hate? Like that's where I was gonna go. I was gonna go. Oh, I hate some annoying Fox News person. But it's like, um, no. Like I hate Hitler or but, Joseph Coney. But like, you can't the, pick a, a dead Coney, person you hate. You the have child to, soldier guy. You have sounds to pick somebody who's horrible. alive. Yeah. Like, but why would I want to have him over for dinner? That's challenging. Mike, we're not answering your question because we don't have a lot of time. But we think it's really funny. But we think it's a great question. And, and we, we played it on the show, so we hope that helps. And we're going to send you a donut okay, wait, in a manila before you, envelope. Before you play the next question, this is the exception that Brian was trying for. If this week's show is if this week's guest is you, does that mean me? And if so, does this count towards my tally? No. And I think that falls oh, under the call-in oh, rule. Oh, yeah, that's the call-in rule. That's yeah, the call-in totally. rule. So nice try, Brian. Thanks for playing, but you're actually going to have to come back and be on the show, which apparently everybody would like. We have I would like all it. Kind, and certainly we would. All right. Um, hi, this is Samiko Salton and said something I actually wanted your opinion about, which is the latest social media circle jerk about LO. <laughs> okay, so this is what happened, right? First, Google Plus only allowed real names, so a bunch of people were getting pissed off. Um, 
because real names kind of create the problem for people whose um, identity on their driver's license might not be the same as the identity they go about in real life, especially people that are, you know, transitioning um, and changing their gender and things like that. So there were protests about that, and um, I guess that Facebook's um, uptake on that was that they should try to adopt the same policy. So now people are pissed off at Facebook, and a bunch of people are going to LO, but what do you think? Is it hype? Is it going to, like, fade out like Google Plus? Do you care? Should I care? Should anyone care about Ello? And um, do you think that the political reasons people are citing for uh, dumping Facebook and going to it are true, or do you think it's kind of like just a lot of marketing hype? Bye. Okay, we think first – Samiko, <laughs> I think Samiko has really researched this issue. Samiko, I don't think you need us to weigh in on this. I think you've got this all figured out. Also, Christopher and I will be launching a, a site called Social Media Circle Jerk that immediately following tonight's show. We were show. cracking up that's over that. Really, that's really uh, Let brilliant. me say this about Ello. Ello has a very, first of all, you can't join. It's invitation only. Right, so it's too exclusive for It us. has a very fiery mission statement, which is uh, talks about how collecting uh, information about users on Facebook is unethical, which I think is a dubious claim, particularly if people are aware that it's happening and they're choosing to join the system. This fiery mission statement does not include the fact that the company was started with $450,000 of venture capital. And what that means is when you get money from a venture capital firm, you assign a future value to your company, which can make it saleable. So by joining Ello, you're adding to the value they have determined that got them that money. You're basically, a price point is being assigned to you in a not exactly similar fashion to how it would be if you were on Facebook and being data mined. But let's get rid of this notion that it's a totally free and open system. Like this this was a blog entry written by somebody who was approached uh, at the beginning to take part in the development of Ello. And he said, well, I will, but you have venture capital behind you, which means it sort of defeats the whole purpose of what you're describing. So that's my response to it. And I'm opposed to, I'm in favor of people having to use their real names on the internet. I I don't, I don't have an issue with that. In fact, I have a greater issue with the anonymity, cyberbullying, obscene and attack based comments and all of that stuff is born of the guarantee of anonymity that the that people are using on the and I'm not guaranteed anonymity on my phone. Why should I be guaranteed anonymity on the internet? And I and I would address too. There, there are has plenty to be... of sites for that is particularly in the gay and lesbian community where you can go if you want to do the anonymous hookup thing. You can. Yeah, but... sure. But also legal recognition of transgender people has to begin to incorporate something around transition. That can't be the. We've got to resolve that issue as part of our commitment to transgender people and their dignity. He, their rights, and I don't here. know if Facebook should be saddled with figuring that out on their own no. at this time. But I or agree. the NFL, I agree with you. No, <laughs> I agree with you completely. Which is that that far worse things happen under the banner of internet anonymity than I think good things happen. I just I don't like it either. All right, we've got another question on the party line in the time we have left in this segment. This is from Regis Harden. Hello, this is Regis Harden. I was just wondering. <laughs> It, what, did you have a favorite cartoon growing up or even today? And if so, what is it? And plus, do you think He-Man made kids gay? Totally. Okay. Thank you. Bye. No. That's it. No, it no, was, no. He-Man no. was the cause of gay. Cartoons There don't had been no He-Man, there would gay. be no gay people. They yeah. just remind children that they're gay. They don't make children gay. Yeah, they, he just, He-Man just makes gay children watch. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite cartoon growing up was Bugs Bunny, and my favorite cartoon today is probably Archer. He didn't ask about today. Like Nobody else watches cartoons. He did. Oh, did he? It would oh. either be Archer or it would be um, or it would be um, the Venture Brothers. Those the are my Venture two probably, Brothers. Those are probably my two current favorites. Although it's been a while since there's been a Venture Brothers, so it may be in the past too. But Bugs Bunny was. I want to be Bugs Bunny when I grow up. I was a huge fan of the um, of Ducktales when I was a kid because they had the big thing of money they swam through, and it <laughs> reminded McDuck. me of our life. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it was Huey, Dewey, and Louie, and I also loved the Animaniacs, the <gasps> God Feathers. Oh my God, they were the so God great. Feathers, the Mafia of Pigeons. Right, they were so great. Dot and Wacko yeah. and Jacko. Yeah, those were they were great. They, were they great. lived in the tower at Warner Brothers. Yeah, I love the Animaniacs. All right, we're going to take a 13-second break for this promo, and then we'll be back with the remainder of your questions. And also, we're going to offer our own theories on who murdered Chuck the Groundhog. Dun, dun. 
ridiculous prank. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. All right, we're back after that 13-second break here on The Dinner Party <laughs> He's Show. He's Christopher Rice. And we've got another message I'm on Eric our Shaw Quinn. party line from, yeah, let's trim the fat. Eric Shaw Quinn, my, you my have a question. not the fat. <laughs> you babe. have three names, and it takes too long to say. Speaking of <laughs> people with names. <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> Hi, this is Amy Bellina from Miami Beach, and I have a confession and a few questions for Eric. I recently read Say Uncle, and it touched me deeply because, for one, I was raised in upstate South Carolina during the time that this book was set in, and two, when I was a little girl, I wanted my gay uncle, you know, the one who gave me the fur coat, to be my godparent, (laughs) not my uncle the preacher, not my other uncle the deacon. My mom said that he couldn't because he was single, which I called BS on, because, you know, I went to school with plenty of kids that had single parents. But anyway, anyway, here's my question for you. How much of you, Eric, is reflected in the character of Uncle Michael? Would you consider writing a sequel set in the present? And do you think the nephew Scott would be a gay rights activist today? Oh, and by the way, I thought the elevator ride in Michael's condo was the most hilarious scene I have ever read. Now I am habitually disappointed when I get on the elevator to ride down 15 floors and absolutely (laughs) nothing entertaining ever happens. Anyway, thanks for writing such a wonderful novel. I love you. Bye-bye. Blah, 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 Eric. All about Eric all the time. Whole show's about Eric. You have a minute to answer this question. I'll tell you a story instead. In a minute. Like, in a minute. The the elevator chapter in that book was written because I was afraid that people reading the book would be so bored with all the courtroom stuff that they would stop reading. So I wrote the elevator scene to sort of break things up. And actually, the reason that book sold in the first place was the elevator scene. People loved the elevator scene so much that that's... That's why the book sold. Cool. We don't actually have time to talk about anything else. I hope. <laughs> Bye, say, Uncle. If you want to be as moved and deeply touched as Amy Bellino was, right? It's great. It's great and it's fun. Available and I, on and our I, site, dinnerpartyshow.com. I did write the sequel, but it's so dated now. The publisher wouldn't bring it out, and it's so dated now. I think I'd really need to rewrite it in order to. But it's called "I Do." Excellent. Okay. We asked people what they wanted to see more of on our show in season three. And we had two people, Bridget Seiler Olson, Olson, excuse me, and Tony Hernandez Torres say video. And we want to let people know video is a priority here at the Dinner yes. Party Show. We want to bring you the show live streaming. And we have part of the ability to do it already, but we need to get the other part. <laughs> So the cameras. The cameras and all of the cords. <laughs> we have a player that you use to listen to our show live a that bunch actually of batteries. video. Um, Mike Martinez suggested a whole show of We're Not Talking About with guests that we would not be talking about. I think that would be very fun. All right. And uh, uh, Marilyn Anderson would like to know if you're related to Raven Quinn, the illustrator of Beckett's books, or Be- Key the Steampunk Vampire. Oh, I don't know. Ask Beckett. I, I have no idea. Or ask Raven, maybe. Or maybe even Raven. Sure like, I don't Beck- even know Raven at all. The only Raven I, I know of is a musician from Salt Lake City, so I'm... Uh, I don't think I have any relatives from Salt Lake City, but, you know, when they ran out of potatoes in Ireland, the Irish people went all over the place. So I could be related to all the Quins out there. All right. We have almost no time left because we love you party people so much. We had to answer all of your questions. I'm going to say this. We didn't. We did, actually. We got through all the voicemails. Did we? We got through all the voicemails. So if you want to get on the show, voicemails the way to go, kids. I'm going to say this about Chuck the Groundhog. Yeah. I have three words. Yes. Bronx Zoo Cobra. Yeah, I think there's we a conspiracy. Have not here. heard from the Bronx Zoo. John Cobra. Dominguez's posts were, I think, among the most insightful. I think she really did drop him. He was trying to hand her to that zookeeper. Mm-hmm. There was something else going on. I think there's a lot more to be uncovered in the story. And uh, you know, stay tuned to the dinner party show. We'll have all the late breaking developments in the Chuck slash Charlotte. 
uh, suicide or murder. We're just not sure which it is. Absolutely. This has been another wonderful edition of You're the Guest here on The Dinner Party Show. Next week, our guests are Cammie Garcia and Margaret Stoll, who wrote Beautiful Creatures, The Caster Chronicles. So much fun. They will be in town this week. We'll be pre-recording an interview with them. So if you have questions for them, if you saw the movie and you didn't like it, as many people who love the books didn't, (laughs) or if you love the books, they'll be in studio on Tuesday. So get your questions on the Facebook page or possibly on our party line before then. And uh, then we will have that interview for you next Sunday night at regular showtime. Very exciting. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to The Dinner Party Show. Thanks. I've been to a marvelous party.